Well, good morning, everybody. Um, so that guy had a birthday yesterday. This is his last year in his 30s. I know. He's going to have to be so much more mature next year. Um, um, hey, what was that? Did somebody say no? He's not going to be? No? Okay. Um, that was a terrible introduction to a message, by the way. I don't know why I said that, but here we are. Part two of, of God and your body. If you weren't here last week, if this is your first time at Grace Point, um, just to have a little bit of an idea of where uh, we started last week, we basically said that um, when it comes to how we approach our bodies, um, there's opposite extremes. Over here, there's the body worshiper. Over here, there's the body neglector. And most of us don't live at the extremes. Most of us lean towards one way um, or the other. And we said that the, the, the solution to that is not balance. It's not to come this way or to come this way. The solution is actually perspective and to look at and to think about and to focus on um, God's perspective on our bodies. Because when we see as God sees, we are more available to do as God says. And his perspective on our body um, is not to worship it or neglect it. His perspective on our body is that for us to actually use it to honor him. Um, so that's kind of the, the whole point of this um, message series. And today we're gonna take the next step. And I want us to talk about what it looks like for us to honor God with our eyes. All right. So Luke chapter 11, if you have a Bible or a mobile device, you want to follow along, we'll get to there in a minute. Um, but this is one of those passages in scripture where um, I, I've, I've, I've read this in my, my entire life and you read certain things that Jesus says and you go, that's true. And that, that's really deep, but I don't know what that means, right? And so we're going to kind of take a deep dive um, into what Jesus says um, in this section in Luke chapter 11. But before we get there, I just want to tell you, kind of give you the bottom line. This is what Jesus says in this passage, and then we're going to kind of unpack it throughout um, our time together. Okay, here's, here's basically what Jesus is going to say. He's going to say the direction of our eyes influence the direction of our lives. The, the direction of our eyes, whatever you gaze at, whatever you focus on, whatever you pay attention to, Whatever you're focused on, that's actually going to impact or influence the direction of your life. And, and some of you want to poke holes in that. You want to say, well, actually, it's this stuff that, that impacts or, or influences the direction of your life. Um, but here's one thing for you to think about. Um, aren't there some people you wish you could go back and never lay eyes on? Right? Like, if, if I would have just been there five minutes earlier, I would have never seen him. I would have never seen her. Or if I would have been there five minutes later, I would have never run into that person. I would have never done that. I would have never gone there. I would have never experienced that. That all stemmed from something you saw with your eyes, right? The opposite is, is also true. Aren't there some people you're so glad you laid eyes on? Like, I can't, I can't remember the first time that, that I saw my wife, but I am so glad I saw Jana. And, and I think, okay, what would have happened if I would have never moved to Bartlesville? What would have happened if, she, if her family never moved to Bartlesville? What would have happened if we never knew each other? Our, our life would be completely different. I am so glad I laid eyes on Jana, Right? There, there, there's these things where there are some things where I wish I could, I could not or I could unsee, and there are some things I'm so glad that I have seen. 
There are people that we're glad we've seen. There's people that we wish we wouldn't. Um, uh, think about it another way. Um, don't answer out loud because you'll implicate yourself, but how many of you have ever gone uh, to Walmart or to Sam's or to Target or to Home Depot for one thing? And you come home with two cartfuls of things, right? Now, let me ask you again, don't answer out loud, but was that because you had a feeling? Was that because you smelled something? It might've been because you smelled something if it was food. Is it, is it because you heard something or was it because you saw something or some things? Like, I never knew I needed a blue one of those until I saw it. I've got a green one, I got a white one, I got a purple one, but I needed the red one as soon as I saw it, right? It's because of our eyes. So some of you, some of you are in financial problems because of your eyeballs. Some of you are, are in relational problems because of your eyeballs. Some of you have some issues if, if you're married, it's a marriage problem simply because of your eyes. It's a visual thing. Your eyes have been exposed to things that you wish you wouldn't have, like you are perfectly content with your car, with your kitchen, with your, your wardrobe, your landscaping until you saw somebody else. Some of you went to other people's houses, came home and thought, who would live in a shack like this? <laughs> Simply because of their house. Simply because of something you saw. That's what Jesus is gonna say. That, that your eyes can actually influence. In some cases, they can direct where your life ends up. Relational problems, financial problems, contentment problems, the list goes on. What we see determines what we pursue. What we see sometimes determines who we be. I know it's not correct English, <laughs> but that's, that's, that's true, isn't it? If you're a parent, don't you teach your kids this? Don't look at that. Don't pay attention to that. Don't focus on that. Don't sit too close. Don't stare too long. And Jesus comes along and says, that's great advice, but it's not just for kids. Because this is true when you're 18. It's true when you're 27. It's true when you're 43. It's true when you're 66. It's true when you're 89. That what you see influences where you end up in life. What you fix your eyes on influences, in some case, determines the direction of your life. That's what Jesus says. Luke 11, starting in verse 33, if you've got a Bible or a mobile device. If you don't, we'll throw these verses up on the screen so we can all follow along. We're going to go through this kind of slowly, chew on a little bit. I want to talk about a couple implications from this text. And then um, at the end, I'm going to tell you what you should and shouldn't look at. Okay? Kind of. Here's what Jesus says. Luke 11, 33. No one lights a lamp and puts it in a place where it will be hidden or under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand so that those who come in may see the light. Now, this is somewhat hard for us to understand the significance of this because we live in a well-lit world. Talked about this at Christmas Eve, right? But in first century, when the sun went down, it was dark. No streetlights, no neon signs, no accent lighting outside the house, no floodlights, no streetlights. It was just dark. And if you went inside, it was even more dark because there was no natural, there's no moon, there's no stars, there's no light to help light up inside. And, and, and I think the best way to understand this is to think about camping. And I am not a camper. Like I went camping a few times as a teenager, but I am not a camper. Like the camping to me is super eight today. That's as low as I will go, okay? 
But some of you, you're campers. And I'm not talking like fifth wheel state park camping. I'm talking about camping in the middle of nowhere, where it's just you and the coyotes and the mosquitoes and trees, right? If you find yourself in that moment and the sun goes down, if you have no flashlight, if you have no lantern, if you have no fire, it's dark. It's really, really dark. That's what it was like for Jesus's audience. If, if you wanted light when the sun went down, you would take a lamp. And most people, most households only owned one because oil was so expensive. And they would light it as soon as the sun started going down, set it up on a stand, because the higher the light, the more the light exposed, the more the light revealed. You wouldn't put it under a bowl. They, they, they would go, of course, Jesus. You wouldn't put it in a corner. It doesn't make any sense. He said, you would put it up as high as you can so it, everybody can see the light. And Jesus says that, but that's not really what he means. He doesn't mean you can see the light because you don't see light. You see what the light reveals, right? Light expels darkness and reveals what's in the environment. That's what Jesus is getting at, okay? Hear it again. Light expels darkness and reveals what's in the environment. He goes on, listen to this. He says, your eye is the lamp of your body. In other words, your eyes reveal to the rest of your body what's in the environment. If it weren't for your eyes, your feet, your hands, like your, your physical body would go, what's going on out there? What's happening around us, right? And so your eye says, guys, you got to see this. And so the eye sends a signal to the brain. The brain sends signals to the rest of the body. And, and it's just like a lamp. It's like a lamp that exposes the rest of your body to what's around us. And Jesus says, your eyes function every single day like a lamp. They expose, they reveal to the rest of your body what's happening around you. They tune your body into the environment. And what you expose your eyes to, you expose your entire body to. He goes on, he says, when your eyes are healthy, that little Greek word is only used twice in the New Testament. It's a medical term. It's a medical term that means clear. It means good. If your eyes are healthy, your whole body also is full of light. So he says, if your eyes are healthy, if your eyes are good, if they're clean, if they're clear, they'll actually accurately inform your body what's happening around you. And he's talking about physical eyes here. But then he switches. He uses a different word. You would think that, he, he said, okay, if your eyes are healthy, um, you would think the opposite of that would be unhealthy or unclear or bad, but he doesn't use that word. He uses a completely different Greek word. He says, but when they are unhealthy, he's not talking about physical eyes. He's taking us a different direction. He's, he's, he's used the eyes, he's used light as an example, as an illustration, but he's taking us a place where it says, if what comes through your eyes is impure, if it's unhealthy, if, it, if you expose your eyes to corrupt things, to evil things, here's what happens. Your body also is full of darkness. Your body is full of darkness. Just like your physical eyes reveal what's around you to the rest of your body in the same way. If the wrong things pass through your eyes, it ultimately impacts your body, your life, where your body goes. Your eyes aren't isolated. They actually inform the rest of your body. It determines the direction of your life. And he goes on. Here's the application of that. Verse 35. See to it. That's a little wordplay there. 
See to it. Jesus used dad jokes before dad jokes were cool. Okay? See to it, then, that the light within you is not darkness, which doesn't make sense in English. Right? See to it, then, that the light in you is not dark. Got it. That's so clear, Jesus. All right? What's he saying? He's saying, be careful, then. See to it. Pay attention to it that what comes through your eyes is not dark, is not evil, is not impure, is not unhealthy, is not good for you. The application is, be careful what you let through your eyes. Then he gives one final thought. Therefore, if your whole body is full of light and no part of it dark, it will be just as full of light as when a lamp shines its light on you. And again, because of, I actually like the New Living Translation translation of this verse better than NIV because it clears it up a little bit. But in this verse, Jesus is casting some vision for your life. He's saying, this is what I want for you. This is, if you're you're one of my followers, this this is the kind of life I would like for you to live. He's saying, live your life in such a way that you expose your mind, your, your soul, your body, your spirit to that which is light. And if you do, your whole life will be full of light as opposed to darkness. He's saying, that's what I want for you. That's, that's, that's where I want you to live. And, and be careful what you look at because it will impact the direction of your life. And if you fill your eyes with the wrong things, it impacts your entire life. And you know what? Nobody wrote that down. Because you knew that before you walked through those doors today. You knew that before you logged on today. You knew that already. You didn't need a preacher to tell you. And, and we can all think back to situations. We can all think back to, to relationships. We can all think back to decisions. And we, we go, I wish I'd never seen that. I'd wish I'd never seen her. I wish I'd never met him. Because we've seen things, we've experienced things, we've rubbed shoulders with people that have impacted the way we spend our money, spend our time, spend our energy. There's, there's, there's relational ghosts in our closet. We, we've seen things we wish we'd never seen. And we've seen things we're so glad we did. It goes both ways. And again, the tendency, for those of you who are, you know, adults, the tendency is to go, that's a great principle for kids. It's a great principle. I mean, this, this, we need to tell our teenagers this. We need, we need to tell 20-somethings this, right? But for the rest of your life, this principle will be true. For the, there, there, there's no age. There's no maturity level. That darkness doesn't impact you. There's no, there's no point in your life where you can get to the point where you let darkness in your eyes and it doesn't affect you. Like that doesn't exist. But the, but the tendency, the tendency is to think this. If it's legal, it's not harmful. If it's legal, it's not harmful. Well, if everybody else is looking at it, it's okay to look at it. And, and, and I'm an adult, and I can handle it because my convictions, my faith, my friends, those are the things that impact the direction of my life. But in the meantime, I can look at whatever I want, and I'll avoid all of that consequences. 
And Jesus says, no, you're lying to yourself. You're lying to yourself because unlike any other part of your body, your eyes are a lamp. They, they, they expose your body. They expose your mind. They expose your heart. They expose your feet. They expose your mouth. They expose your hands to things around you. And if you continually let wrong things in, wrong things will ultimately come out, which, which leaves us with the question, okay, what are we supposed to look at? And what are we not supposed to look at? Tim, give me a list, right? I'm going to tell you, I'm going to answer that question in a minute. Before I do, I want to draw your attention to three things, that just three implications, principles, call them whatever you want, that I think just jump out of this passage about our eyes. And this is so important, partly because in my line of work, I see this all the time. That these three things, and, and, and let me, when I say that, that sounds, that, man, that sounded so arrogant. I don't mean in my line of work. I mean in my being as a human. I see this all the time. I see it in the mirror all the time. That these three things, the, the, they have the potential to keep us away from trouble, from heartache, from broken relationship. They, they have the potential to bring healing to you, to your thought life, to your relationships, to your finances, even, even your communion with God through Jesus. So here they are, three, three quick things, okay? Number one, what comes through our eyes impacts our perspective on all of life. Like your perspective, um, the way you view life, the way you view everything, like your worldview, the way you view the world, all of that, it doesn't just come from your um, family of origin doesn't necessarily just come from your thoughts about life and what you read and all those things. That, that all, it's all included in that, but it comes from the things that come through our eyes. So you've had this experience before. Um, you've seen a loved one, um, a sibling, maybe a parent, uh, maybe a really close friend that you've known for a really long time, and they, they start, they, they get into trouble, or you see them starting to make decisions that you know where those decisions go, or they make dumb decision after dumb decision after dumb decision, and, and you can see it so clearly. The people around them that love them and know them can see it so clearly, but, but eventually somebody works up the courage and sits down with them and says, hey, maybe this is none of my business, but man, here's what I see happening. And you just explain what you see. You explain what everybody around them who loves them sees. You say, this is where I think this is headed. And you, it's so clear to you. And you lay it out and they sit there and they listen. And then when you're done talking, they go, that's not how I see it. I don't see it that way. And you're like, no, it's red. They're like, no, it's green. That's so unhealthy. No, this is the most healthy relationship I've ever been in. And, and, and you walk away pulling your hair out because how could they miss it? How could they be so blind? Right? There it is. If, if you have kids, if you have kids, you experience this often because the way they see the world is not the way you see the world. And you know why? Because your experience is different than their experience. You have a bigger perspective. You have more life. You've seen more things. You've experienced more things. And their perspective is limited. 
Their experience is limited compared to yours. It's not wrong or bad. It's just limited. And, and Jesus is saying, if we're not careful, if we expose our eyes, what, whatever we expose our eyes to can change. It can thwart. It can skew. It can distort our perspective on life. And here's the scariest thing about it. Without even knowing it. Because you go so long with a skewed perspective, you start, you start to think that's normal. But there are people in your life that you could look at and you could say, they're blind. There might be people in your life that think that about you. It can skew, it can distort our perspective on life. And, and our perspective on life is what determines how we make decisions how we go about living life. That all starts with our eyes. Second principle is this. What comes through our eyes impacts our sensitivity to truth. It impacts our sensitivity to truth. If you, if you expose your physical eyes to the wrong kind of light, it desensitizes them, right? This is why, um, this is why whoever the experts are say, an hour before bed, put away your screens. Put the phone down, put the iPad down, put whatever down because that blue light somehow messes with you and, it, and, and you don't get as, as deep of sleep. This is, um, this is why we tell our kids, don't sit so close to the TV. Don't stare at your phone so much. Don't, don't get too close, right? We, we say this, we, this, is why, <laughs> this is why you don't go outside and just start staring into the sun. Like, what is that? We don't do that, right? Because it desensitizes your eyes to Light, it harms your eyes in the same way. What we expose our eyes to will impact our sensitivity to truth. And you know how I know that? Because there are things that you would say you would never do, you would never watch, you would never pay attention to, you would never focus on 5, 10, 15, 20 years ago. And today you do. There, there are things that if somebody approached you 5, 10, 15, 20 years ago and said, hey, are you going to take part in that? You would go, I would never do that. And today you do. What is that? What is that? Sometimes that's, we've just become so desensitized to truth that we think this is normal. This is right. This is good. Somewhere along the way. We've, we've overexposed our eyes to something that desensitized us to truth. You saw everybody at work doing it. You, you, you saw every other relationship doing it that way. Um, you know, you went off to college and everybody else was going there. And somehow, over time, you were desensitized to truth. That's because of what you looked at, what you focused on, what you were exposed to. Um, one, one example of this, I see this with couples from time to time that come to me to ask um, if I'll marry them. Um, and, and they grew up thinking, and I've heard couples say this before, they grew up thinking, I would never live with someone before I, I get married to them. I would never do that, and now they are. And, and, and you know what's weird about that? Like, if you're living together before marriage, don't hear this as condemnation. I'm just pointing out what I see. When I see that, I go, they are missing out. But they think, no, this is the greatest thing ever. This is the best decision we've ever made. But if, if there was ever a time in your life 
where you thought that was wrong or that was bad or you shouldn't do that, let me tell you what didn't happen, okay? When you thought about doing that, you didn't get your Bible out and study it to see what God says about that. You, you didn't ask a pastor what they thought about that. You didn't go to your parents and ask them, hey, we're thinking about living together before we get married. What do you think about that? You didn't pull couples who lived together before they married and couples who didn't live together before they got married and ask them the pros and cons of that. You didn't read any books. You didn't read any articles. You didn't listen to anybody, secular or not. You, you didn't listen to anybody. You just thought, I'm going to do this. You were exposed to something. You thought something. You believed something. And you were so focused on that that you did not want to listen to anything outside of it. These two things actually deprogrammed your conscience. And again, this isn't, this isn't just about living together before marriage. It could be a money thing. It could be a, a work thing, a business thing. Like you tell your kids to, 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 to live a certain way or to act a certain way at school, but you don't do that at work. It could be a, a relationship thing, a language thing. You used to think, I'd never do that. I'd never go there. I'd never say that. I'd never think that. But here, here you are 5, 10, 15, 20, 30 years down the line, and you're doing it. You're doing it. This is why Jesus says what he says. Make sure the light that goes through your eyes is actually light because it impacts your entire life. Okay? Third thing, the best way to understand darkness is to walk in the light. Now, I don't even know if I can, under, or I, I can explain this very clearly, but I'm going to give it the old college try, okay? Um, there's a way of thinking in our culture that manifests itself in a variety of ways, but it, it basically goes like this. The only way to understand that is to experience it. Like, like uh, if you really want to know what that's like, you just need to take it for a test drive. That's not true. That's not true. The only way to truly understand that is to try it wrong. It's not true. This is why Jesus ended the passage the way he did. Therefore, if your whole body is full of light and no part of it dark, it will be full of light. In other words, if you'll expose your eyes to light, and keep exposing them to light, you'll be able to see the darkness better than the people who are in darkness. Another way to say, another way to think about this, the best way to understand sin is to not sin. Like, like to move into darkness and under, to under, in order to understand darkness is counterproductive. I, I really want to see what's in that dark room. So I'm going to go in there and I'm going to see what it looks like. You, you can't see anything in a completely dark room unless you bring a light into it. That's what Jesus is saying. If you want to understand the intricacies of sin, the intricacies of a different lifestyle, the intricacies of a habit, experience is not the best teacher because experience simply moves you into darkness. And write this down. When you're in darkness, it's dark. Duh. It's, it's dark and you can't see. This is why you know people stumbling around in life 
or stumbling around in a habit or in a dumb decision after dumb decision, and you're going, why can't they see it? It's really easy. They can't see it because they went into darkness to experience darkness, and now they can't see. And, and I don't say that as a condemnation. I say that as, as an encouragement to run out of that grave. It's a grave. And there's nothing but darkness. Run into the light. This is why Jesus talked about light and dark so much. Read the Gospels. He, he uses this over and over and over. And he's saying to us here, if you're careful about what passes through your eyes, you'll understand far more than your experience. Because, I mean, come on, here we are. 2,000 years later, reading stuff that Jesus spoke in a culture that's completely different than ours, completely different than the one that we grew up in and, and we're in now. And we're going, man, that is so deep. That's so profound. That's so true. How does Jesus know so much about marriage if he was never married? How does Jesus know so much about sin if he never sinned? It's really easy. He lived in the light, which gave him the greatest perspective on darkness. He lived in perfect light, which gives him the perfect perspective on darkness. And that's what he invites us into. He invites us into a life. Yes, it's countercultural. Nobody is going to encourage you to live this kind of life outside of your church family. <laughs> Nobody is going to encourage you to live in the light unless they are living in the light along with you. It's, it's, it's where you guard these two things and fill your life with light, which will help you understand darkness. So, Okay, what do you do with that? I'm going to tell you. Don't even have to write it down. You know what you're supposed, this is what you're supposed to look at. This is what you're not supposed to look at. It's very simple. Here's the standard. Look at the things that honor God and quit looking at the things that dishonor him. That's it. Look at the things that honor God and quit looking at the things that dishonor him. What if that was the new standard? Not, is it legal? Not, am I an adult? Not, am I mature? But, does it honor God or does it dishonor God? What if you committed to that just for a week? Just for a week. What would that look like for you? Like I'm not watching TV, Netflix, 24-hour news, social media for an entire week. I'm going to quit doom scrolling for an entire week. Just see what that does to you. I'm going to put down the romance novels for a week. I'm not going to get online for an entire week. I know it's a shortcut to the parking lot, but I'm not going to go by his office for a week. I know it's quicker to get to my car, or I say it's quicker to get to my car that way, but I'm not going to go by her cubicle for a week. I'm not going to log on to Amazon for a week. I'm not going to go to Target or Home Depot for a week. Nothing wrong with Amazon, Target, or Home Depot. The problem is you plus Amazon. <laughs> or you plus Target. Or you plus Home Depot. What if you just did that for a week? What, what if that stopped filling your life with darkness? What if that helped you honor God? What if that helped you stop dishonoring him? What, what does that look like? What might happen? And I'll make you a promise. And, and this, doesn't, this doesn't come from me. I can, I can show you so much research out there. I, I will make you this promise you will not miss out on anything good. 
if you do that for a week. You think you will. You think you're going to miss out on something. You will not miss out on anything good. You will not become uninformed. But there's this, there's this subtle little message out there. It's a lie to think that we have to enter into darkness in order to understand darkness or to under, understand our culture or in order to be culturally relevant. Jesus was the most culturally relevant person to ever live because he lived in perfect light and had the right perspective on darkness. That's why he could speak to it. That's why he always said the right thing. Always did the right thing. So what would it look like? And I can't answer that question for you. What would it look like for you to walk in light and honor God with your eyes? What would you have to unplug? What would you have to delete? What would you have to unsubscribe from? Where would you have to stop going? What would you have to get rid of? And again, some of you think that's really extreme. Tim, that's too extreme. I'm an adult. I'm mature. Maybe it is extreme. And I know you're an adult, most of you. But at what age? Come on. At what age do you think you can expose these two things to the wrong things and not have any consequences? I just don't think that exists. I don't think it's possible. And Jesus says, your eyes are the light. It's a lamp. Whatever you expose them to, you expose not just your eyes, but your entire body, your entire life to that. And, and I, almost, I almost didn't put this in, but I'm, I put it in at, at the end. If you think unplugging or unsubscribing or deleting is extreme, let me tell you what Jesus would say if he were here. Okay, Because what I'm saying is easy compared to what Jesus said. Jesus perfectly walked in the light, so he sees it as it really is, which is why he said extreme things. It seems extreme to us because we don't perfectly walk in the light like Jesus did. And Jesus is going, that's not extreme at all. If you could see what I see, you do everything I'm saying right now. Here's, here's what Jesus would say if he were here right now. And I'm not saying you should do this. I'm just saying this is what he would say. He would say, if your right eye causes you to sin, gouge it out. That's so extreme. But if you could see the darkness the way Jesus sees the darkness, you wouldn't think that's extreme. You would think, that, no, that's actually the right response. If your right eye causes you to sin, gouge it out and throw it away. It's better for you to lose one part of your body and to see what you shouldn't see and potentially spend your eternity away from light. That's how serious Jesus was about what comes through these two portals to our soul. And again, if you're a parent, you, you know what you don't want your kids to see or be exposed to. Your father in heaven says, there are some things that are not good for you. There are some things I don't want you to be exposed to. There are some things I don't want you to look at. And there are some things I do want you to look at, pay attention to, focus on, gaze at the author and perfecter of our faith. Look at Jesus. Look at what Jesus says. Do what Jesus says. Turn it off. Shut it down. Unsubscribe. Cut it up. Don't go there. You're not old enough. You're not mature enough. You can't handle it. What would it look like? Just for seven days. What would it look like? for you to honor God with your eyes? What would it look like?
for us to honor God with our eyes. There's what I think Jesus says in Luke 11. Next week, we're going to come back. Um, For those of you who are brave enough to come back, we're going to talk about what it looks like to honor God with our ears. What do we listen to? How does that affect? How does that impact our lives? So let me pray for us, and then we'll we'll be done. Father in heaven, thank you. Um, Thank you for the junior high kid here. Thank you for the high schooler. Thank you for the college student. Thank you for the 20-something that was brave enough to get up on a cold, cold morning and come and participate in the body of the redeemed. God, I pray for the 30-year-old, the 40-year-old, the 60-year-old, the single mom, the single dad, the married couple, the retiree. God, I pray that we would be the kind of people that take your words seriously because it leads us to life not because it fills us with guilt and dread, but it leads us to life, to life everlasting, life abundant. And God, we want that kind of life. I want that kind of life. So Jesus, would you, through your spirit, would you help us to know what you have said to us today? And then the courage to walk out of this place and to do something about that. Holy Spirit, would you come Would you lead us into all truth? Would you comfort? Would you um, correct? Would you guide into the places, into the ways that you want us to live? God, we don't want to be simply hearers of your word. We want to be doers of it. So would you help us to do this for your glory and for our good? And I ask all this, I pray all this for my friends and for me. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you for being with us today. Have a wonderful, wonderful week. You're dismissed.